Warning, this podcast may contain graphic and triggering content. Please listen at your own risk. Each individual struggle is different and everyone's recovery and healing journey is different. Please reach out to a certified medical professional if you need help. Welcome to episode 30 of Stomp the Stigma. I can't believe we're on episode 30 already. The podcast aimed to fight the stigma surrounding mental health through education, awareness, experiences, stories, resources, and the vulnerable truth. Joining me to stomp the stigma today one more time is John from Wired Differently. This is the last episode of our little three-part series. In today's episode, John talks about how the labels of his injuries have affected his life, how his experiences in the military and the police service have affected his views of the world, his experiences with compassion fatigue, and his advice for anyone that is also suffering. We get into some of the misconceptions about first responders and the public service sector, as well as a peek into the life of a first responder that most people would not be aware of. And lastly, we finally get to talk about his book that he wrote called Operation Wired Differently, as well as his business, his Instagram page, and everything that he has for sale, raising money for veteran support programs right here in Canada. So check out his website, check out his Instagram page, and check out his book as well. I will put all of the information in the description, and I hope you guys loved this little mini-series. So do you think, like, that your diagnosis and these labels that come with it have kind of affected you in a negative way? Like, I know, like, your experience in the police service, um, they don't really view it the same way that you would. But do you think that your diagnosis is like limiting you at all now that you know kind of what's going on with you? Like, do you ever use that as like an excuse for why something is happening to you? Do you know what I mean? Uh, not, not necessarily an excuse. I see it as an explanation of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like per se, okay, so uh, I see it as an explanation, explanation. When I was in Ottawa, I would go do my grocery at three o'clock in the morning because there is nobody. Yeah. Because I don't want to interact with people, I and, and you know as much as as much as I, I I think I work in a place where we help people and protect people and so on. I hate society, right? And, and the reason being is people complain for stupid things, right? Like you're gonna walk outside, you can even listen to people when you walk, and they'll be like, I "Can't believe." Jacqueline or Jeanette did this this weekend. She talked to that person and I don't like it. What does it change in your stupid life, right? Really? So because our life has nothing going on, we're making those small little things so big when truthfully, we're stupidly lucky to be where we are. Canada's a beautiful country. And, and, and we see that in the news now and I'm not going to belittle things, but we're making things that happened seven years ago humongous right now. Humongous. So why don't we learn about the past and make a better future instead of trying to destroy a past that we can't? It, it happened. It's too late, right? Did it change the view of life? I'll tell you that I'm not naive. Mm-hmm. There's a naive aspect of me that is gone and it uh, gone, dead, murdered, whatever you want to call it. Because I was, I had a session this morning of uh, with my occupational therapist, and we were talking about the fact that. Uh, I was driving in uh, Regina 
and I could still see, and it's not biased. I don't want to say it's biased, but I could still see who's a criminal, who's not, because you're you're used to that kind of type of person, right? Um, and I'm not saying okay, he's a he's a Muslim, uh, he's a he's ISIS. It's not it, not at all, right? That's too broad. That's that's definitely biased, and it's definitely not how it works. But like there is, let's say you go downtown Calgary, you see a 45 years old male, a female biking a BMX. They're most likely a drug dealer, right? They're they're not someone who loves cycling a BMX. They're not, right? Or if I see a homeless person, I'm pretty sure he has more than three, four, or five knife on him for protection, right? Uh, those are not biased. Those are things that I've learned with the employment uh, that I cannot unlearn. And, and I was hoping because I asked my friend at that time, we both served 135 one night at 20 years in the RCMP world, and and I was asking them, is that go away eventually? And the answer is no, because you know now. You know how it is, right? Did it change? There is events in my life that I'm starting to realize that I do. I was in Iraq. I would have my handgun under, if I'm not driving, and you know, I'm on passenger side, I would have my handgun under my uh, left leg because I'm a left-handed. So, and if something happened, I can pick it up and shit happens. So, I never realized that, but... I it clicked in a few months ago that every time I'm sitting and my wife's driving, I put my cell phone under my left leg. And I never clicked that I was there. I, and I'm not sitting straight. I'm sitting a bit on the side so I can see behind the dead, dead end goal that she has. I can see my vision is fair enough that I, I have I have a good vision. So um, did it change my life? Did the training follow up? Yes. Uh, do I hope that it, it dimmed down with the years? I surely hope. Uh, will I? And that's the other question I asked myself for the longest time. Do I want to share that to my son? Because he's right now three years old. It, it is a dangerous world. I mean, we were in Ottawa and we knew we would hear that Calgary has a big problem of cocaine in middle school. It was known across the country, right? Now, would you tell your son there's an issue with cocaine or would you tell him? Eh, don't do drug, would you? Right? Could be bad. Could die, uh, or be a deck addict to it. Um, so it's it's there's a few things, and, and same thing with my wife. Am I gonna share that this house is a drug house, or this house is probably not? Right? I'll say, oh, maybe it's not a place to go. Right? And she knows. She knows because I realize that if I share too much, she'll get injured eventually. Right? She will know too much as well, and and. Who knows if she can or can't deal with it, right? Do I want to test that? Yeah. I'll tell my son at 18 years old when he can decide to listen or not, and that's fine. I'm not going to go in deep details, but he's going to know that the world is not so pink as whatever our politician can tell. Um, I mean, like, did the, did the training and seeing what we've seen as military first responder change my vision of the world? 100%. And this is why I say I hate society. Do I know that 98% of the people are fantastic? Yes. Did I dealt with them? No. No, I did not. Because, yeah, like I, I said prior, you don't call police to tell them, you're super cool, right? Yeah. Or come have donuts with us, whatever you want to call that. Uh, you don't do that. You call the police because you're in panic and so on. Yeah. And it comes down to 
and also at the same time, the first pe person, right, that you have to blame if there's something, if you get pulled over because you're talking on your phone, who do you blame? The police. It's their fault. Because uh, society is like this nowadays, right? They don't take their own responsibility. Uh, we're blaming on everyone else, right? Well, you were talking on the phone. Yeah, but I, I've heard that before. It was my son. Okay, does it make the rule or law different? No, no, but he needed to talk to me. Okay, you have a 2020 vehicle. There's Bluetooth on it. Yeah, but it's a new car. Didn't do it. Oh, so it's your fault. And then they're like, just give me the ticket. Go away. Because people don't want to own it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and truthfully, yeah, and I believe most of the police officer, by law, or sheriffs are different, but by law and police, well, you tell the truth. Yes, I did wrong. You're right. You own up to your shit. It's, it's a, most of the time, it's enough. Because we're human as well, right? Like I said, I got tickets before, and I'm not, I'm not a perfect human. Uh, but... There, there's a way of being. Uh, so, so, yeah, so the, the life changed, the vision of the world changed, uh, but as well as I find that my patience for things changed um, from being there to being gone. Um, and, you know, you told her earlier that, uh, that she liked that I'm blunt. Well, there's a positive and negative to it, right? Like, let's say you act like a dumbass. I'll say it it doesn't please a lot of people, yeah. right? Um, I had at one time, whatever, a neighbor who uh, was on the radio, she was a radio host, and she was sharing online, because uh, it's the flavor right now, we should hate every cops, defund, defund the cops and whatnot. And she shared that something happened in Toronto, someone jumped off the balcony and so on. But we had no ideas. We had no true fact that was shared yet. We just knew that police attended at a place, person dropped off uh, uh, about to me. What the news said is police pushed him off because he was black. Now, most of police officers now have a camera, right? Body cam. So the body cam showed after that that the person locked himself, herself, outside on the balcony and jumped because she was trying to escape and jumped to another balcony and fell off. So I call out my neighbor on it. And that was pretty much one of the last time when I've seen her where we've been invited for drinks because... It's easy to share things that happen without true knowledge. Knowledge. We and you see it all the time, right? Like LeBron James did it not a long time ago when a white police officer saved a black woman from being stabbed by another black woman. He posted online that that police officer is next without knowing what happened. So we jump often to conclusion without having facts because it seems like facts doesn't matter anymore. So. When I see those things, do I really enjoy society? No, I don't. I don't. Uh, there's a lot of entitlement in our society as well, right? Because our parents or our some parents said, you can do whatever you want. The only part they forget in this is, well, you got to work for it. <laughs> and you truly do and usually the work is not fantastic right i don't believe that you can become a doctor without putting your head into it right um so when you take a step back and i see people who wants to go right off there and some happen to go because they have connection that's another thing that civilian life is it's all about who you know and you're gonna climb right you're gonna climb high while um i i, I did fill up my sandbags uh, when I had to, I did not enjoy it, 
but I knew I had to do it, right? Because um, I had a chat with someone else and that person was telling me, they're going to call me if they want to work, if they want me to work for them. Like, who are you? But I don't know, you don't understand. I have a lot of uh, experience. And I was like, okay. But in my mind, I'm like, they won't call you because you're nobody. We have to make our sandbags. We have to prove ourselves like everyone else, right? Um, so that whole thing is very hard to swallow. I mean, after I, I lived on Bench Park when I moved here, I, I, I had 26 slices of bread, a jar of peanut butter, and a two liter of water. On purpose, I live on the bench park. Uh, I did not know that Banff, uh, Kenmore at that time at, at Bears because I never showed up here. But I, I was informed later on. Uh, and it, it's, it's okay. We just forget a lot of things. So obviously when you go through a rough patch and then you look at people who complain for small things that are so nice, right? They're just casual thing that you can brush off. But it makes you question what's going on really, right? So, or, or like... I was talking to a friend, like the Taliban's right now in Afghanistan took back the headquarter of uh, their police, the Afghani police, right? And, uh, and some guys that I know went overseas are totally frustrated because why did they sweat blood for that, right? And, and I mean, and then it comes down to a lot of us wish we could be in uh, middle of the wood, no communication, Right. Personally, I stopped the I stopped the cable years ago because it's definitely not useful. Now, the shitty part is cell phone brings you the news easily. Uh, but uh, but that, that's the truth. So I know I, I kind of drift off of your question by all means, but uh, that's just how it is. That's okay. Um, I do. I want to bring up um, compassion fatigue that you talked about yeah. last time. I have only heard about it in terms of becoming like exhausted from caring for someone else for so long so like taking care of seniors or mental health patients friends or family whatever you just get exhausted from having to care for someone else but you brought it up in terms of experiencing so much trauma that you kind of become numb to it and in a way I guess lose your compassion I don't know if that's right. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's uh, it kind of died down, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or dimmed down, if you wish. Uh, I remember we were called, and it was a domestic, uh, it was a violent, uh, he, he pushed her on the ground and so on. So it's the first call of the night. We're two uh, cruiser going there. And when we got there, she's uh, screaming and so on because she's, she's angry, obviously, for so many reasons. Um, and I turned to my partner and just realized he had a haircut. And I looked at him and I'm like, she's got a haircut. And he's like, yeah. And she's beside me screaming, right? He's like, John, John, we need to pay attention to what's going on here. And I'm like, yeah, but it looks good, man. It's, it's a nice haircut, right? And don't get me wrong. I think about it today. It, it, it's, it's kind of funny, right? Like dark, funny. Um, because she was in pain, clearly, right? Not physically in pain, but I think I think it's her self-esteem being pushed and rejected and so on was was uh, was bad. But uh, it was not. I was starting to not be there. Uh, and, and and then if you carry on with seeing one body, two body, three body, four, five, six body, there are some that will still hurt, right? Um, as if how can I say that? If it's someone who's constantly doing overdose, it's kind of self-inflicted, right? Now, if it's someone, and I, I could remember it, no problem. It was part of some of my traumas. There was a 65 years old woman who just 
the start the, the heart stopped uh, and I remember the son coming down who's a couple years older than me and and he was crying and he's like you're so beautiful mom and I had to stay beside uh, you, you kind of make yourself disappear don't get me wrong because it's it's a special moment right but uh, but I saw myself with my mother at that point right um, so those moments will still bring it back like it's not fully dead right but uh, but other moments where I was like oh He's just uh, another person who overdosed once more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did uh, fentanyl. And if you're dumb enough to not know that fentanyl can kill you, eh, self-inflicted, right? Um, and, and and so on. So it gets to a point where it kind of stopped, stopped affecting me on a sadness level where I was like, okay, well, we have another dead body. Don't get me wrong. The smell is disgusting. There's sometimes a look is and, and so on. But yeah, it, it comes with, yeah, that's part of the fatigue, right? Or if, if you've seen, you go to domestic five times, 10 times, 15 times, and, and the, the victim in it, you constantly tell the person, you've got to go away, right? Like, it's it's not healthy for you. And you know you're going to come back the next day or the next week because it's just constant, right? Because that's the way that he calms down or she calms down is calling the police. You kind of become dead inside right like why would i help you if you don't want to help yourself right um and, and i think that's very very sad right i think that that compassion fatigue uh, is extremely sad and i i that part i don't know how to bring it back but in my personal life it makes it that um my feelings are i, I keep them for special people right i have feelings for my wife my kid close friends but like i told you i my uh, my uh, godmother passed, and uh, and she's a lovely lady. She's a great woman. Could care less. I have no feeling, right? Um, and, and it's not that she doesn't. She never did anything wrong to me. I just cut that off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so it's not fantastic. Let's put it that way. It's it's not the best way of being. Uh, but I think that this one, from what I've seen in the two years, it's coming back. Compassion is coming back, right? Because uh, because I've been. I've been on that uh, on my Instagram. I try to help people if I can listen to them. If I can, until my wife says it's enough, you're burning yourself because she's my gauger. She see how I am. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So those are, are little points, but they, they get they get in the way, right? And and I don't think it's gonna get in the way of being a good police officer, EMS person, because there's there's a lot of first responder who are extremely stoic, right? So the rational aspect is very clear you need to do this 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 and as a person i should not have feeling because it's not my place to have feelings good for them uh but uh but other people are different right we all we all are different with similarity wow so now that you're kind of looking back over your journey and uh, i guess understanding everything that you've been through is there any advice that you would give your younger self or any advice that you kind of wish that you would have received when you were first kind of starting to experience these mental health struggles? I, I would have wanted to get help. Yeah. Right away. Right away. Right. I think, um, uh, let's put it that way. I'd say we're going to put that fictitious, but it's so my first trauma was 2008, roughly. I believe that it would have been way easier to come back uh, healthier if I would have seek for help, let's say three years after, versus 
2019 and I started, it was hard, blah, blah, blah. And I'm now 2021, still going through therapy. Um, so it's been two years that I'm, because I also, I, I, you have to understand that the trauma that was, was let's say, created in 2008 changed me, but changed the way that I function, right? I don't go into festivals, right? Because there's so many people. I try Stampede, really don't like it. Uh, but but that's that's an example, right? So I don't put myself for by avoidance for so long that it became a way of living. So if I would have went three years after, instead of 11, 12, 14 years later, would I have been then fine going to uh, uh, crowds? Would I be fine to just do my little things without being bothered or angry or irritated so easily? Uh, my hypervigilance would have probably calmed down, dimmed down, right? Um, so, yeah, that, that would have been one. I think the other thing is is uh, not ignoring the signs. And, and I've seen that with one of my partner who was in my car who had mental health, and uh, and I was like, there's something off. And he's like, fuck off, John. Fuck off. And I've heard it multiple times, and, uh, and he, I, I did the same, right? The way that he ignored and avoided, because you know what the stigma is behind it, right? Mm -hmm. If you're in the military, you have PTSD, you most likely won't be deployed again. So why the hell are you in the military, right? Uh, if you're police, then it's not as easy, right? If you're, you might have a different, you might have a desk job. Well, some cops want to be in the street for the rest of their life, right? Uh, so there's, there's punishment that comes with that diagnosis. And I don't think it's necessarily punishment because I think it's a well-deserved break, right? It's, it's time for you to think about yourself. You've given off and so on. But because of that stigma, you talked about it earlier, the media portrayed and so on. It is not seen as a good thing. It's seen as well as someone who, you know, eat the salary of people right mm -hmm. to eat the taxes or, or whatever the insurance aspect and and when you take a step back i'd be curious i've heard that that we are many many people let's say in calgary police who are off right now uh, because of that issue right because it is a problem um i had uh, i had a doctor i'll give you the best example i had a doctor who was an ex-military guy and uh he decided to study uh to do his medicine uh doctorate because the military was covering it. So, right, it's, you do like seven years in the military and they pay off your doctorate. Fantastic, isn't it? Um, now, when I sat in front of him and I'm like, I cannot go back to the street. I can't right now. Okay, if I go back there and I get into a car and there's, uh, there's a guy, a criminal, who tells me I'm going to rape your wife and your kid because God knows it happens, um, I will kill him. I will beat the I'll beat up his face. Um, because I cannot, have, I don't have the patience anymore. I don't have the, it's okay, it's okay. It goes from, I'm okay to, I'm angry, right? And this is where I think the stigma of the media is portrayed. Because there's an anger to it, right? And, and let's be honest, the, the, you go to war, you don't go with a peaceful mind. You, you need to have hate, right? I, I can tell you that when I was done my boot camp, uh, we were put in an office uh, in north of Toronto, and uh, they made us watch what Taliban's would film when they kill Americans or Canadians for half an hour, an hour, two hours, whatever it was. We got out of there. We wanted to kill people because we were pissed, right? Um, so, yes, there's an anger. I, I don't think you can go like, 
you know, with a big smile, I'm going to war. It's not it. You need to have a mind that goes with it, right? Uh, so, and, and on top of it, I added up to having the tools, right? We have training that comes with it, right? Um, so are we a threat to society, our own society? I don't think so. Uh, I think that there's an image that is portrayed that is not fantastic. And, and obviously, um, if there's many movies that are doing it pretty well, right? Uh, um, and, and so on. But there's obviously the other side where it's, it's pretty bad, right? Um, the other thing that comes with the PTSD as well, and it's one of the factors, is you put yourself in arm's way without caring for your own life. And, and, and I've seen it uh, on TV, but I, I lived it too. And as of today, I still don't care, right? Like I, I wrote about that saying that I drive fast sometimes uh, in the past, hoping to die, right? If I have an accident, because I know that if I'm killing myself, insurance is not covering anything, so my wife is in trouble, right? So hoping that I would die by doing it, right? I'm not suicidal. Did I have ideation in the past? 100%, right? It's just how it is. Uh, but uh, uh, because you want it to stop. And when you don't find the answer of how to stop it, that is the other thing that follows, right? If you want to stop those demons, voice, doesn't matter how you're going to call it, yourself, your dark self, to beat up yourself, to make you feel like you're a piece of shit, that's the way you can see it. Okay, well then, if I stop breathing, there will be nothing. So, I think I think people need to understand a bit more, so that way they can welcome those people in, right? Um, and it's—I don't think it's easy. And I go back to the first question: it's not easy because we cannot see it, and there's, there's not a perfect way, right? A broken leg, a broken leg is is a bone that broke. Pretty simple, right? Like it's gonna fusion back and whatever it is, and I'm gonna have a cast. I might sign my name. I love you, whatever it is. Uh, but the mind, the mind is different for each one of us, right? It, it triggers differently each other. I've seen a man this weekend who got shot sixteen times in the RCMP, and he still had the tapes of the dispatching aspect, and uh, we burned them. Uh, I have no attachment to, to, to materials, none whatsoever. But he did, because when those started to burn and, and we dump enough gas that they would burn for a while, the smile that came up to his lips, is, it was relief. So we all react differently. We all see that differently. And the point is, is it's not a perfect science either, right? We know roughly the triggers and we know roughly the, I think the frame of it, but how the people live it is totally different. The good part, and I'm going to say a positive about that, is more and more you have veterans coming up forward and talking about it. Uh, even first responder where they have small business, uh, and it, most of them it's not about the money, I'm pretty sure. I'm sure there's people who seek to have money on sick people, but that's, that's just too bad. But um, they seek to just speak about it. Just to chat, listen, like we're gonna, like I, the best thing I'll tell you, I have a logo that I created and it says the war within. And it was exactly, exactly it, right? Because I'm thinking, I am not the only one who comes back home and my head is still fighting. Uh, I have uh, many guys, one of my good friends, Corey, Mad Hatter Industries, uh, he, his exit was biking, right? He has a Harley Davidson. So is he has a clothing brand that comes with it and whatnot. 
and it's surrounding the, the motorcycle because in his head that's his therapy that's how it helps a lot right uh, uh so we're, we're all different but i think i think to the first step that we need to do as a society is to learn learn that it's it is okay to be sick right and it's okay to not be okay it's one of the most classic words that we can see right um but truthfully uh if we can accept each other like we are our differences and make it so much easier right uh we don't have to change the world for your belief or my belief but let's just accept who we are and what the where we are at our points in our life and then carry on and now i'm the guy who just said i hate society right so i can say that too but uh, uh but yeah, so there's, I think, as a society, we can do better. And, and Canada needs to be more patriotic about what their people do, right? Um, I don't think that police a vision will change forever, but they're not all bad, right? There's bad cops everywhere. There, there's bad scientists everywhere. There's bad teacher everywhere, right? Is it everyone? No. And, and most likely, when there's a bad cop, there's a bunch of people who hates that bad cop, who are coppers. Mm -hmm. Because it tarnish the uniform right but yeah you see that in every every field of work yeah. um someone who abuse it right so we have a doctor and uh there's a doctor in, in uh, alberta calgary who abused women for 30 years right and he's being charged right now is it all the doctors no i don't think so i, I think my doctor is phenomenal right like he's taking care of my ass properly right so it's not everyone but let's not forget that it's so easy to jump on the negative because the news taught us this, right? In French, they call it the three, X, three S's. So it's uh, sang for blood, sex, and uh, I forgot the other one, but whatever it is. Uh, but yeah, those are the main things, right? Sex, uh, sex blood, and uh, I don't know. Let's create another one. But uh, that, that's where I'm getting at, right? Like it's, um, we, we need to kind of remember the positive that we have and the chance that we have because I think they're, countries that are quite awful to live at right um which were pretty freaking good um i do want to get into a little bit of mental health in kind of the public service um first responder community um yeah. and then we'll get into your wired differently page but people look at the police and the military firefighters ems all of those people as heroes which they are but they also forget that they're human at the same time. And so, like you mentioned before, um, that first responders don't always get closure after a call. And so yep. they kind of, they sometimes like dissociate from those situations or I guess what are like some of the other stigmas or misconceptions that they face and or that the general public like wouldn't really think about? Because all we see is kind of uh, the heroes, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think, and again, like, it's, it's um, I, I think, how can I say that? There's people who keep saying police are doing for their quota, right? Let's say tickets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I do believe that there is somewhat of a quota or a request of a number. But it's... Um, so people try, okay, so that, that's one of the things that I've seen often. So parents who don't want to be parents toward their kids, therefore educate their kids, will say, we'll use, uh, if you don't stop, I'm going to call the police. Yeah. And it happens in Calgary. I went to a place where they said that I have to put the kid to bed, right? And I walked out, right? Wow. Um, there's also the kids now that 
because they know their rights, they dismiss the law, right? I went to a house where 11 years old took away the con uh, was uh, his Xbox was taking away tablet uh, computer. I don't know why he had so many electronics. I don't even have those, but uh, because he skipped school, so mom took them away, and he called cops on her. She stole my tablet, my Xbox, and so on. And and, and you're like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> why am I here? My mom took it away. You're 11 years old. You're under a roof. It's her rules, and that's how it goes. Right. Um, the other conception that you pay my salary, that's a big one, yeah. right? I, I've, I've heard it before. Uh, now, if you look at the salary of a constable per hour, per person in Calgary, I think it's roughly a 10 cents, give or take, whatever it is, uh, that you, I would give to a person. So hearing this is a bit insulting when uh, we do 12-hour shift, and most likely we're probably there an hour prior and uh, 30 minutes after. Uh, so we do 13 and a half chef. Uh, we work on holidays. We work on birthday or kids, uh, spouse uh, missing a lot on weekends and whatnot, right? So hearing that sentence is, is a bit frustrating because again, it's the entitlement people, right? Uh, I'm calling you, you should protect me. So that's another thing, right? The people who call think that they're being violated sometimes or sometimes as well the, the criminal. They're the one who did wrong and they call the police, right? Uh, or uh, or they think that they're in their right and they have warrants. So then they get arrested and then they're pissed at police. Well, it's clearly because you did not show up to court. Now you're being arrested, right? Um, so there's those one. And, and I'll, I'll push it further, right? So, or a lawyer, judge, whatever it may be, can look at an action that I had a split second to think of that was the best thing to do. They have a, a life, lifelong to do check for that right versus i have like a two seconds to say let's do it now the other thing that you hear often and, and we get punished for this and it's the funny part right i would arrest you and you would call me whatever stupid fucking french person uh an asshole whatever and i'm telling you shut the fuck up you can complain against me and i'm gonna have i'm gonna be in trouble yeah. I, i'm human as well right uh at one point hearing those constantly i will react uh, I, I, I might turn and say something else, right? Clearly. And I think the other stigma for police, at least, is people think that it's our fault of the judge, what the judge says or what the lawyer says, right? So if I'm charging you for uh, DUI, uh, drinking and driving, and, uh, and you're not getting, um, not getting a guilt uh, verdict, a guilty verdict, not, not even in, in court, it's been dropped. Well, people are pissed off at the police officer. Because that's the person they can't see. They don't see the lawyer, mm -hmm. right? I, I see. I always like. I try to do my best if I could, right? But I can charge you. I can bring you to, to jail. Uh, I, I can give you a ticket, and, and that's pretty much it, right? Like that's 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 it. The rest are, are actually uh, are not in my arms, my hands. The other thing is, is we have bad days. Like we have stuff at home that happen. Like if I if I have a freaking fight with my wife and I'm working night shift that I probably don't want to do because it's seven o'clock to seven o'clock the next day, uh, I'm getting at work pissed off already. And then I might have someone who's playing that game of uh, it's not my fault. That was my son talking on the phone. And I might might get angry because it was one too many. Or I've just seen a disgusting call and I need to jump on the next call because there's thirty on the board, right? And that call is, is useless. It's the parents who say, 
come put my son to bed, mm-hmm. right? I might be very angry and treat them like crap, right? Because the call prior is a dead baby, which is awful. And you are wasting my time and taxpayer times because your son doesn't want to go to bed. I had a, a man who called me for uh, putting a seatbelt on their kids, uh, on his kids in the car. Uh, there's uh, my partner had one that was a, there's a male call because his wife put too much salt in his dinner. He called police, right? Rich problem. So I think remembering that we are as human as everyone else and we're trying to make our best it is a big thing, right? And, and I mean, it, it doesn't change. Like it, it's, it's, I think it, it, we need to remember, right? Like I'm super happy that you said the hero because I don't hear that often. I rarely hear it. Um, so thank you for this. It's a form of recognizing what's going on. Uh, but on a safe way, and I mean, there's obviously stigma within first responder right like i just said it earlier firefighter is sleeping now we're just jealous because they have 24-hour shift right now and if they don't have calls they can sleep at night god damn it i wish i could right and people love firefighter probably because of the calendar i should buy one i mean what uh but no truthfully uh so so yeah it's, it's just the different right uh, uh think about dispatcher dispatcher are part of the first responder Mm-hmm. Uh, the person will talk on the phone, talk on the phone, so they have someone on crisis, in crisis, in crisis, in crisis, in crisis, in crisis, and then we get there, they have no closure. Yeah. Right, and that that's part of the third uh, kind of uh, of way of getting trauma. I was talking earlier, right? Because you hear from. Yeah. Right. So some of them will read the comments that we write, or they, they have access to that, and, and they can learn from it. But but it's still not closure because you have no even idea of what happened. Right? Uh, sometimes police is the same, right? We're going to, uh, like, if, if, if it's a suicide or if it's someone who dies or about to die and we'll bring them to the hospital, we will never know. And I believe that probably is the same with EMS in that case, right? Or firefighter, because firefighter are quite often uh, there before everyone else. So you don't really have that closure. You don't have that aspect of saying, I've done, my, I've done a good deed, right, today. No, it's, it's, it's not a job that you have as well a recognition to it. You don't, right? Because it's, again, the negativity aspect is very present. But the, the fact that you have no closure, you cannot say, okay, I saved that person, right? Or they have a domestic uh, and you separate those two persons at night and the next day everything is now working well. Or not, because you're going to go out again. But, but if it does work, like you, you don't know you did your job properly, right? Because we're not just... Uh, doing, uh, making the law being respected, we are showing up at a place where people was going to jump, jump the edge, right? So you need to become then that guy who's super close to girl, girl, uh, super close to that suicidal person so they don't jump, right? I remember uh, uh, in, in, in January, I was with my partner. We got called because mom lives in Saskatchewan. Daughter is studying in Montreal, uh, Montreal uh, and uh, she's suicidal. So we can see a knife, on her bed, uh, so I took it away because I don't want to be injured. I want to go home, but I don't want her to be injured either. And um, at the end, she agrees to go to the hospital, see a doctor, and actually have a plan. How can we make it better so you don't want to kill yourself again? But what we found is six other knives in the bed that we had no clue, right? Because she had her duvet on top of it. So it could have turned very bad, right? It could have been very bad. So. Did, do I know if she actually tried again? Well, we do four on, four off. I don't know. And I'm not going to look for it, right? Because 
that's kind of breach of privacy, mm -hmm. right? So, so you hope for the best. So you kind of create sometimes, uh, I guess, stories in your in your head that yeah, everything you you did it good, right? Uh, so so it's better. And and by all means, there is times where you have to follow up. There is times I had like uh, me and my partner. We had a man who wanted to kill himself, and we got him. We brought him to uh, to the hospital and so on. And he wrote us a letter a week after saying thank you. Like I was in a, such a dark space and, and that's extremely rewarding. I think I still have it somewhere by all means, but extremely rewarding and, and, and it feels good. Or the random, like we're in Tim Horton and oh, we got you donuts because I, I don't know where that picture is coming from that we eat donuts all the time. By the way, we call them power rings. Uh, but uh, uh, truthfully, like it's, 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 it's a funny picture. Uh, that people has of us because we need to stay in shape not in a round shape but uh but yeah so it, it, it's you have those people and and that's the other thing teaching our kids our future kids that police are the good people firefighter are the good people because I, I actually yeah, interacted with a you must have been 15 years old and uh and we were answering a 911 call and actually it was three kids who were just pranking phone right and, and we have to show up either way uh, but the kids were too afraid to open the door, so the neighbor came out, and uh, and I don't know where he saw. He never had a bad interaction with police, but in his head, and he told me openly, "It's like you, you're the bad guys. You are threat, threat, uh, threatening." And I'm like, "Why am I threatening?" Well, he's like, "You have a gun." I'm like, "Yeah, it's in the holster. I don't even touch it. My hands are in my chest." Uh, so what is threatening? Well, he's like, "Look at the TV." And hopefully, and truthfully, you look at the show Cops, there's plenty of action because they, they won't show the really nice interaction that the, the police would sit down uh, and have a conversation with a suicidal person, right? They don't because that, that, doesn't, that doesn't actually make it better. Uh, that doesn't sell either. But in his mind, and I, I don't know if it's as well, um, the culture that comes with it, right? Because we had a mayor in Calgary who said, if you're a color person, you should be afraid when you get pulled over. That's the mayor of Calgary who said that, right? Which is quite awful, right? And he's not here anymore. But that's just a farm of it. But, uh, but th those those are the things that was said by the leadership, right? So I, I think it's something that we need to to teach kids, teach kids that they're the good people that comes with it. Because if we just let the the media and society teaching our kids, uh, it's gonna go to crap, right? Um, but yeah, again, small things, right? It's, 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 it's tiny, tiny things where I think it, it makes a difference on the road, right? Um, and I make sure, I, 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 after seeing what happened in the street, I make sure that my son is, right? Like I saw RCMP in the small cochran and the guy's super nice, made my son sit in it. My son started the lights and the sirens and then the siren was too loud. He cried a little bit, but you know what I mean? Like I, I think we react based on how, as a police officer, I reacted all the person was in front of me reacting. I'm not showing up there pissed off. I don't want to fight anyone, mm -hmm. right? I, actually, I want, fighting is more paperwork. I don't want to fight anyone. I don't want to do this. This is ridiculous and, and I can be injured as well. And my goal is to go home. So if, 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 you, if you think that police are coming to hunt you and maybe because you have done something wrong, but if you're doing right, and I mean, I, I have the same reaction. I don't know what happened when you get pulled over. I got pulled over three weeks ago. I'm still shaking. I don't have a badge, right? Because what did I do wrong? And truthfully, I know I did wrong as he did. But, but 
I, I've seen that too, right? Like you see that in the, in the police world, right? Like where uh, people are extremely stressful. So I don't know. It, it, there's there's a lot of stigma. There's a lot of stigma within uh, the, the the services as well, right? Like uh, I think I did tell you, but they they made sure to take my gun away within two weeks, right? Uh, is it because they don't want their gun to be used for suicide uh, purposes? Maybe. Was I suicidal? No. I was not, and worst case scenario, I have way nicer guns at home, right? So uh, I would use a nicer one. But but this is as well. You can see the stigma be, being very imprinted within the work uh, field, right? And, and I think lastly, with those stigma, I think we need to have services that start taking responsibility of it, and and that's the biggest biggest piece, right? Paying, let's say WCB or WSIB or uh, whatever maybe because I, I believe that veterans is rough veterans affairs are rough on the edge but they're, they're they have a better base better rooted better rooted into it now the the wcb is starting to learn about it they're trying to reinvent a wheel that already exists for some odd reason um but there's just yesterday a, a man a toronto police officer of 29 years of service it's a long time who finally got paid uh, for the past 14 years so he was almost homeless. He lived in a place where there's no running water, no electricity, because he couldn't afford it. But he had PTSD, and uh, the insurance, which is WSIB, was not covering it. So he received finally a check of $600,000. But the, the last 14 years, what happened with him? Yeah. Right? The, the, so, and it's, it's across the board, right? Like, I mean, I talked to friends in the US who serve in the military, and one of them, she's a phenomenal woman, uh, it was released in 2012 for mental health. They just gave her actually therapy. Like they recognized that she had from, uh, from her service, mental health, and so on. But they just finally gave her therapy 12 years later. Or, sorry, 10 years later. So as, as a whole, we need to recognize that we have things to get better, right? And not just thinking, oh, we pay insurance, it's going to be fine, yeah. right? So, uh, so those... Those things, and, and I think HK as well, the people who are in an in insurance aspect, right? Because we're not just numbers, I'm missing a leg. If you're calling me and asking me, are you doing? I know you don't want, and I, I do it now, they don't ask me. My, my case manager is not asking me how I'm doing because he's sick of hearing, I'm not doing well, right? Um, so he's just not asking because he knows I'm not going to say I'm okay. Uh, but 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 we, we need to educate the one who actually are, uh, being uh, being taking care of those people and the fun part about that is the book that I wrote I've received uh, an email from a supervisor of Veterans Affairs in Halifax who asked me can we present that book for the people who's gonna come because they can see now how, how it, what goes in the brain right for one person at least and, and it's a big honor by all means right I was uh, super happy about it because if it can change the mind of someone and make it so much better and that way they treat a veteran or RCMP member differently than just a number because that's the worst part right we have been as, as police firefighter uh, first responder we all have a badge number right? a number that is related to us military is called a service number so we are numbers for our entire career mm -hmm. right now uh, it's like if I would tell you what is your sin number don't say it please but uh, that, that's that's who you are you don't have a name, right? 
and, and that's just how it works. So, so being treated again when we're actually vulnerable, like a number, hurts because you're trying to remove yourself from it. Right? You're trying to come back to the human you used to be before being so broken in places. And broken is probably not, I guess, injured is probably the, the right number, the right term. Because broken, we're, we're not, we're not broken. Mm-hmm. Right? Wow. Okay, I know we're running out of time, but I do want to talk about your business because I think what you're doing is amazing and people definitely need to hear about it. Um, You wrote a book called Operation Wired Differently and your business is called Wired Differently. I guess, how how did you start that or why did you start that? And what do you hope to accomplish with it? And like, do you have future plans or goals? I'm going to be the next Under under Armour. I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I mean, if it happens, it happens. But truthfully... um, when I started uh, the Instagram, Instagram, Instagram page, uh, I wanted, it was self-publish publicity for my book, right, Incoming. So yeah. roughly a year ago, I opened that page, started to share poems and small events of my life that I uh, felt, not, not like a war story, but like, oh, I react to, or oh, I get triggered, or just being very transparent because I find that the book, the book is, is an heavy book, but but it's transparent about how I, I, I went through my thing. So um, so I started to share that. And, and one day I asked a friend, I'm like, can you make letter patches uh, with said uh, wire differently on it, right? Uh, and it the flag, because I'm extremely proud of being Canadian. Um, so yeah, no problem, I'll do that. So I got 48 ads, within 24 hours they were gone. And I'm like, you know what? If I can raise money for uh, organism, uh, organization, sorry, uh, who actually help veterans, help first responder and their family to heal, Golden, they, they're going to have more, the stress won't be the money aspect, right? So I did another 48 hats and once again, I think 24 hours, 48 hours, give or take, gone. Oh, there's there's actually a demand because there's people who actually are proud of, of Canada, right? There, there's people who actually are proud of their family member who goes through things. So as it goes, I actually added to it designs. So I started with a t-shirt and uh, the t-shirt was the war within because that's where I'm at, right? So um, it was a very simple one made in the basement of one of my friends uh, and, and we sold all the t-shirt within uh, two, three weeks. So again, I gave that money away, obviously just a profit because it still costs money and it grew. And it grew uh, in uh, January. I think I made six thousand dollar, which I think it's pretty good for a small business. I made it official as well, uh, registered and whatnot. But what I discovered is is nowadays people don't like to give freely, right? Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I would go uh, from house to house and say, "Do you want to give for uh, my trip to whatever France, right? Because I'm French." Um, and, and they would give like whatever ten bucks, twenty bucks, right? But nowadays people like to receive. And I have something to say, look, I gave money to those guys. So I started to build those and calculated roughly how much it would cost me uh, to make those, uh, plus my own time, because the t-shirts are made in my basement. Uh, I mean, there's obviously bigger items are are made in a real real industry, but uh, if I can make them here, save cash, and there's more money that can go to, uh, in that case, can practice. Uh, So... 
we, we started to do this and raise money for for those guys and, and actually bring awareness and that's the big thing it's as well as the, the, the t-shirt or the, the hat brings awareness people ask question what is it and then people can start talking so if it starts conversation it breaks a stigma if people wear a t-shirt maybe they don't talk but it will break the stigma in a different way right so it kind of add up constantly right so uh, that was that was the, the, the how I saw it, and, and I'm at the point where my designs are done by uh, another veteran, uh, a sailor veteran uh, in the, uh, British Columbia, good friend of mine. He's actually on top of my uh, my book because I didn't get someone who was actually a professional doing front of the book. I asked my friend, and I'm like, if I'm going to pay someone, it's going to be a, a veteran, right? I'm going to keep that within the community. Um, so as it goes, that's how it worked. I, uh, um, I did a t-shirt for Derek because I think that we need to remember the one that we lost. Not only at war, not only at the big, uh, big calls, but as well the one who fought the war that they were not sharing. So that's another thing. I think it's extremely important to have this. And by doing this, I get as well veterans who are suffering to be fulfilled of creating. A lot of veterans, a lot of first responders, a lot of they kind of tame the artistic side to do the job that is a very stoic job, feeling less, right? Um, but now they create, now they do, uh, they do a design. And as well as what I try to do on uh, most of the design is putting three or four numbers. And those three to four numbers are either the last three numbers of a, a service number or of a, a person who's suffering uh, or a, a badge number of a dispatcher, of a police, of a who has been suffering as well, right? So we don't forget those. And it's a way of saying thank you. So, so yeah, so that's, that's, that's what I do. I mean, it's not a big business by all means. I'm trying to do my best as what I can. And obviously I'm lucky enough that the people buy are aware of mental health because sometimes I cannot do a package for two days. I'm just so in a fog, right? But, uh, but yeah, so, and I mean, for the, the the hats I try to have as well is be proud of the people who serve, right? So uh, it's not just a, it's a letter patch with either um, the, the, the camo side uh, that the army has or the special force or tin blue line, tin red line or green line or PTSD's teal line or whatever line maybe, right? But uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to just, uh, I guess, give my little, the way that I can help at the moment, right? Because that doesn't ask me to leave my home. Right. And that's the biggest thing because I still want to help. Right. Uh, and, and a lot of us, I think, who suffer, look for that. Look for that help because we're that type of people who just want to help. It doesn't matter the cost. So if I can give a hand, I'll do it. And, and I mean, if you have a chance to look at Ken Praxis, it's an equine help therapy. Uh, and it's recognized in the entire world. Um, they're located close to uh, Red Deer. But yeah, and, and Steve Critcher. A fantastic man, uh, thirty some years of, of service in, in the military, who created this, and he, he does phenomenal thing. Uh, so if we can help each other to make it better, because down the road, I believe that um, mental health will be seen more and more, and especially with the last two years that we had of being enclosed in our own uh, problems. Right. Wow, that is amazing. I think what you're doing is amazing. And thank you for everything. Thank you for coming on the podcast. This has been some incredible conversations. I, I feel like I could talk to you for hours more, but I will let you go. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. 
my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Feel free to reach out at any time. You can contact me on Instagram and Facebook at StompTheStigmaYYC, and you can email me at StompTheStigmaYYC at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. And if you or someone you know would like to come on, I would love to have you share your story, speak your truth, and together we can stomp the stigma.